This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. You're listening to the Afterbuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after show entertainment. Very good, From the Afterbuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, it's Afterbuzz TV's Californication After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Californication After Show. Welcome, everybody. Bing is for doing. We're here doing another Californication episode. Season 6, episode 2. It's <laughs> really exciting. I am. <laughs> I'm having trouble hearing myself. That's why I'm yelling. Turn it up. Turn it up. There we go. Now I can hear me. Uh, it is called the... It's called Quitters. Quitters. Nobody likes a quitter. We are not quitters. I am Phil Svitek. Join alongside... Chrisley Kennedy. Welcome, Chrisley. Hello. Uh, very excited. Chrisley's very excited. She's uh, she's wet because they made a Bachelor reference. I am really excited about the Bachelor reference tonight. And because she hosts uh, Bachelor uh, I do. right here on AfterBuzz TV. That's but enough right. of the Bachelor. We are on Californication. Um, here's here's uh, kind of before we get into things, what I thought of just in general. You know, I know a lot of uh, the haters of Californication, obviously not you guys because you're clearly listening, therefore you love this. Um, we're down on wh- where does the story go? You know, how can they continue with Hank and all that? And then I thought about this is the true Hollywood story. Love, drugs, now rehab. Mm-hmm. And it really is that culmination. And ultimately, where does it go? I mean, I hope not death, but that's what this is. It, it's It's almost... I mean, now living in L.A., watching the show before I lived in L.A. was a little bit different. Now living in L.A., it's such a great show based on things that really happen. I mean, obviously, it's completely blown out of proportion, but not all the time. It's a pretty L.A. story. It is. And uh, ultimately, I think if I'm to make a prediction for, like, let's say season seven or eight, um, I think this was said in uh, season three of the show, but it's always been about Becca. So mm-hmm. deep down, as much as it's always been Hank's story, it's really about Becca, and I think that's where the story of Californication will come full circle. Bam. So with that, let's Boom, get... with that attitude. Ooh, Ooh look at you. Uh, let's talk about Marcy and Stu. Oh, Marcy, Marcy, Marcy. Um, I was excited to see them back together. Really? To a degree. She kind of hoard herself out tonight for some money and some weed. That's just Marcy. I well, I didn't want. I mean, I'd rather see her back with Runkle than Stu. But I mean, unfortunately, Runkle's like 
Runkle's pretty sad and pathetic. Let's let's be honest. I love Runkle. <laughs> I love Runkle too, but he's sad and pathetic. He's better than Stu. Stu's got the Stu's just creepy. Like Stu's a creepy guy. But he loves her. He I mean, he worships this woman. Okay. No, he loves her because of the sex. Okay. Like, their relationship outside of sex isn't really a relationship. Like, they go to therapy for their relationship, but they've always had great sex. So, I mean, clearly that's all their relationship has been. Okay. He could pay for everything in her life. Um, he's how, – how many women do you think Stu slept with? I would say probably a decent amount. Okay. So, he's been through them all, and yet he loves her. So, despite everything – I love her sex. He's with her. Well, she puts up with him. She does. Because she likes the house and the hills and the money and the weed and the... She likes all that. All right. Here's the very encouraging part. We never see that in L.A. in real life. No, we don't. No. But here's the thing. He really loves Stu Jr. He does. You know? And and so I, I feel he loves Marcy. Get on here with that crap. Come on. I don't know. I think it's the sex. Okay, but... I also think that Stu knows that he'll never... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do better than her. We accept the love we think we deserve. Like he won't, he'll get these young girls that'll sleep with him for parts and for all those other things, but he'll never get anyone that'll like be there to cook dinner and home and take care of the kids. And he can't, he knows, he knows. That's true. That is, that is very true. But I, I, you don't think Marcy really likes him deep down? I mean, she, he's in it for the sex, but she's in it for the sex equally. And the money and, and the, the drugs. Weed. Yeah. That she, so, I mean, she went from, I hate men and I'm never going back to men to like 20 minutes later, sex and waking up to her son with a dildo in his hand. But it would have been different if it was somebody else, if it was another guy. True. That's a hypocrite. Yeah, but he kind of bought it his way in, literally. I gotta learn these moves. You you gotta flash the hundreds and the weed. I like that. uh, I like that Stu cut her out, cut the uh, whore out of the movie. Of course he was gonna. She went on the cutting room floor. But that's just funny, like that. Just kind of because that is kind of true. Of you know, people do have that sort of hatred, and and I've heard kind of weird stories like that where like. Yeah, cut her out of the movie. Mm-hmm. Why? The story's not going to make... Cut her out. We broke up. We don't like each other anymore. Take her out. Um, regardless of whether or not the story makes sense. But what's to say... I mean, obviously, she didn't have a really big role, um, number one. But number two, what's to say that he's not going to just do it with some other girl on some other casting couch for some other movie? Because he likes Marcy. Baloney. He did it twice with this girl. And not only did he do it once for the... Twice with the one onesie. <laughs> twice with the onesie. He Not only did he do it, like, for the casting situation, but then he did it again in a house full of his friends. With Marcy there. Like, she was twice in the same house. Twice with the onesie. Doesn't matter. He'll do it again. I, I, maybe I'm just a guy siding with a guy, but I, I, I like them together. I think he, he's, 
Here's the thing. Runkle is demented, and Runkle is sick and perverted, but Stu just takes it to a whole nother level. Like, here's my snort. Where's it? Marcy was always disgusted by Runkle's, you know, um, advances. Whereas, Whereas Marcy finds Stu's endearing in some weird fucked up way with the, I'm going down with my snorkel. I couldn't tell if the giggling was because she really wanted him to do it or if because she was stoned out of her mind. Well, what's your answer if you had to give one? I don't know because she was clearly stoned out of her mind. But you could see the questioning when he showed up. Like she tried to play it cool and be tough, but it didn't last long once he uh, showed her the weed. No, it did not. Um, You know what lasts forever? iTunes comments. (laughs) They do, and we love them. So go on iTunes, rate and comment. Let us know how we're doing. I'm excited to be working with Chris Lee because it, it, not only uh, – I, I think we gel pretty well. We're both explicit. Aww. <laughs> That's right. She's the uh, – y- you know, she represents the bachelor side of things. I represent the <laughs> shameless side of things. Okay. Um, but – Chris Lee has a shameless side there. Don't don't get it wrong. Absolutely. And uh, so we hope you guys find this fun, dynamic fun and, uh, you know, reflect in the iTunes comments and tell a friend. Yeah, tell a friend. And uh, I've got some great news coming up later. That's what you call a tease in the business. Ooh, I like teases. I like teases here. I don't like teases elsewhere. Nobody likes a tease. Okay. I won't even go into what that Just means. Just remember that. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't like teases either. It, it makes it for a boring barks. I don't. I don't like the idle chit chat crap. No. We either do it or we don't. That's right, Hank Moody style. That's right. All right, uh, Karen's job. Let's talk about Karen. Speaking of hot women, mess. Yes. <laughs> On what merit did she get this job? First, she, I, I've never. I mean, I'm sure we've seen her go. Like she was like stoned tonight. What's here's? I will give her a lot of credit. I've seen she's been stoned a few times yeah. in the show, and she plays it amazing. So good, and she really appears to be stoned, and that's how I imagine Karen to be when she's stoned. Yeah, it's awesome. The word slur, every the giggles, all of it, and the look. Like it's just the look. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you get into that. I mean, she just, just looks glazed over. Yeah. It's perfect. Uh, but despite that, got the job. She did. And it was funny because you could tell that um, the wife of the rock star. Of Atticus Fetch. What as a As we name. come to learn. What a name. You could tell she knew something was up. And, I mean, Karen picking up the candy or whatever it was and shoving the whole bowl in her mouth and sniffing the flowers. You could tell she knew she was stoned. And you thought, I mean, the... Wife and the actress both played it off really good. Like, you thought she was going to be like, what are you, crazy? You're stoned. But I feel like Rockstar's wife, she's used to it. Yeah. But she's talented, so she got the job. She did get the job. So, um, again, nothing too much to talk about there, but uh, obviously a development down the line. Yeah, I mean, we know it's Atticus, so we know that there's now another tie-in to why he's part of this crazy story this season. Um, And the... The fact that the the one condition of her taking the job was that she not sleep with Atticus makes me feel like that's going to definitely go somewhere. I think he's at the very least going to hit on her. Absolutely. You know, and, and she's going to have to resist temptation as it may be. Mm-hmm. And it's it's. I think it will also 
almost force Hank to definitely be involved now because now he knows that she's working there and he may be interested in her and he'll want to keep his hands in that a little bit. That's true. Mm-hmm. But he has faith. Oh, Just kidding. We'll talk faith. about faith. Talk about a tease. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But in terms of Karen, I mean, again, nothing too much to talk about. It's, it's, it's what you call a setup. Yes. And uh, so they're setting things up for later, and uh, I'm excited for it. Um, before we get to Hank, let's let's masturbating agent comes, comes out, out of the closet. closet. <laughs> That's funny. It's there's nothing like Charlie. First of all, that he goes to rehab to visit Hank, brings drugs, and instantly goes beyond Hank and his business, like completely business. I'm just, I see this guy. I know he wants a new agent. He wants to leave CAA. That's see what makes later. a good Here agent. Go. It was, yeah, it was a total runkle. But that's an amazing agent. If your agent does that, that's the agent that I want. Um, <laughs> There's only one condition for him finding a new agent, though, and the, the new agent has to be a honest animal advocate and openly gay. He wants a gay agent. Um, I loved Runkle trying, the, the funniest was Runkle trying to pray it off. I'm gay? Is that a question or a statement? It was funny. And uh, yeah. how emasculating that moment was for him. I mean, we've seen him in awkward situations. We've seen him have things happen to him that just shouldn't happen to anyone. But that moment of the actor saying, well, I've always known you were gay. It's the pink shirt. My gaydar is pinging. Like that emasculating moment for him where he didn't just have to admit that he did something wrong. It's like people actually might think this about me. Well, what's funny is that, you know, we joked about it. He slept with 100 women at the very least. And then the tranny and the cop car. And then the tranny and the cop car. But uh, if you also look at it, I mean, he's seemingly always been at the women. So, you know, but at the same time, he's jizzed too quickly. Always. And I don't know where I was going with that. but Because but, maybe he's the overachiever. Maybe he's the guy that, that is trying to play all the women off and he really doesn't like women. It could be. I'm, maybe I'm, they're opening a new door for us with Runkle. Literally. Back door. <laughs> opening a new door. What can I say? I mean, it's, poor Runkle. Because well, here's the thing. I think, I think in terms of this setup, you know, he, as his agent colleague says you know you're you're gonna experience new experiences rightfully so and because not only did the actor sign with him but it was on deadline which i mean we here know that deadline's a big website like i've gone i've gone to it plenty of times it has all the industry's information on it it's a real legit website so to see something like that come out on deadline now the whole world knows not only that he's a masturbating agent but now he's a gay agent Yes, and I think, I think ironically, again, that's what's so great about Runkle is that I think he will embrace the situation, whether he wants to or not. But he will go down this absurd path. Mm-hmm. Of and the, and then the the agent that his coworker also says, "Welcome to the mafia. Welcome to the family. We all knew you were." So now there's another person saying it. So he kind of believes that. Wow, now it's really real. Um, and I love that actor, by the way. He's in Once Upon a Time as well, and I he's I think he's great. There you go. What you, what what I think's going to be fun for me is the fact that you know, and and I'm envisioning this as we go along, but uh, 
the fact that so many, as as you mentioned, the mafia, that people will go up to Runkle like, hey, now that you're gay, you know, I've always wanted to be with you. Can we? And and I think Runkle's gonna be flattered by that. I, I think so. He hasn't had that with women too no, much. No, <laughs> no, no. It, it will open a lot more doors. The, people are going to talk to him that maybe wouldn't. People are going to go to him for things that they wouldn't have before. So it's literally going to open a lot more doors and lines of communication. And it'll be interesting to see how, because we know that he'll play the part to get the job done. We've seen him <laughs> do it before. So we'll have to see how far he'll go for this one. I think, uh, ironically, Hank's going to be the intervention for Runkle. Like, dude, you're, you realize you're not gay. He's taking one for the team. That he... Now he's going to be confused. Yeah, well, he... Yeah. That's okay. It's Runkle. He's always confused. That he is. Um, luckily, we've got Faith. Yeah. Got to have a little Faith. Aptly named. I'm glad to see Maggie in a role where she's not playing a 16-year-old girl in trouble. I mean... Yes, she's in trouble, but I'm glad to see her in a more adult role. And I think that she'll be great for the season. I think so, too. Um, obviously, I, I like she is a bit of a tease. I like how it starts off. She's against him. Like, who are you to judge me and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, and she's not a groupie. She's a muse. I guess there's a difference. Apparently, there is a huge difference to her anyway. And I, I, I thought it was interesting that they... The writers use the word muse because that's what Hank has always called Karen, was his muse from the beginning. That is true. So it was a little bit of, we knew, now we definitely know something's going to happen. And I guess she's like, uh, I always forget her name because, you know, they make it a big secret, but an almost famous. Yeah. You know, she's like. all I thought of. She's like the chick from Almost Famous. Mm -hmm. Um, And to a degree, like, while the chick from Almost Famous, whose name I don't know because she only says it once. (laughs) Um... Which is why she's almost famous. Is that what? No, but it's know. the band that's almost famous. But uh, the, the the point being is that she kind of sleeps with with the dude in the band, but not too much. So I could see like the difference between a groupie and a muse. Groupie muses have limits to how many times they sleep with the guy. Maybe if I'm to oh, define it. Oh come on, a groupie's a groupie. She's touring the world on the. So she's not a muse. No, she's a groupie. That okay. I mean, I'm sure there's been songs written about girls that they've just slept with on the road somewhere. But you know, she's she feels that she's different. So that's all that matters. I don't. I don't. How many songs can you? And I'll put Martin to the test too. You two. How many songs can you name that are just about groupies as opposed to real painful love? Right? Almost famous. Love disguised as sex. Sex disguised as love. But we're, you know, the whole point, us being uncool, is that we're smarter. I mean, Taylor Swift's made a career out of ex-boyfriends, so I guess maybe you're right. But they're not, yeah, they're not groupies, so. Yeah, they're not groupies. So you're right. Thank you! Boom with that attitude! No, you don't get it. Hate it. F you guys. Not you fans. Just my coworkers. Hate it! Um, So she's a muse. Yeah. That's she's why she's named Faith. Is that a real name? Uh, is that I her? mean, I think it is a real name, seeing that the next time we see her outside of the awkward conversation is at the bedside praying. So um, I'm going to go with what we uh, have oh. read, that she comes from a very uh, religious family, and that's why her name's Faith. All the more written reason it could be her nickname. Could be. But... Um, all right, in terms of the, their dynamic, how you know how do you see it affecting Hank? And, and I like how you said 
Um, that's a good point you made about Karen always being his muse. Mm-hmm. Has he found a different muse? I don't think he'll ever find a different muse from Karen. I think Karen will always be his go-to. Um, do I think that she will be his distraction for the season? Absolutely. Uh, the banter in the beginning and the conversation that went back and forth and like flirty but not flirty and her saying she only falls for extraordinary men and all the BS that she fed him. That I mean, that's just so stereotypical of we're going to see them sleeping together in a couple weeks. That's awesome. She's just playing the game. Let me ask you this though. If Karen's such a great muse, he hasn't written anything in a while. He hasn't written anything in the a while. Candle, the candle, the black flame candle has died. It has. But Faith's just, she's she's a typical girl. She's throwing out the bait and reeling him in. She's, I mean, he's easy. I need more bait. Where's the bait? <laughs> You're going to the wrong rehabs. I told you this. Where's this bait of which you speak of? <laughs> um... It's Hank Moody. He He's just like women flock to him. He makes you want to drink, smoke whiskey, drink and smoke whiskey. He makes you want to drink whiskey, smoke cigarettes, and drop the F-bomb every five minutes. How does he do it? I don't know. It's that It's that swagger of it, – it's, it's like he's confident, but he's not. He's really s- seemingly insecure at times. And there's just something about that that makes you want to like hug him and fix him and mold him. Yeah, I mean, he <laughs> he has by, uh, I think, what women sense is vulnerability. Absolutely. And when he lets that facade down, um, you know, in, in tonight's episode, it, it was like, hey, are you extraordinary? <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, dude. Um, you know, in past seasons, it's always been like, uh, you know, when he says, he has moments of realness. Mm-hmm. And as he says, like, yeah, I have those every now and then. And it's it's that moment of beauty that women go to and Karen's always believed in and and that Hank always has but Hank only has those moments and that's the problem well he only has those moments with other people I feel like when he's with her she gets way more of that and that's why they're so drawn to each other because he you just see split seconds of that with him and other women it's mostly just the sex the drugs and the drinking fair enough I I would agree um now we didn't catch her name unless I'm mistaken uh, but the girl who fucks him. She, I feel like he called her Juice at one point. I, I feel like it, she was the same one that was like gyrating on the couch while he was giving his little. Anybody else wet after that? It, that was she hilarious. She was so awkward. And then she like shoved his hand down his pants. And I have to say that I love that the therapist at the rehab is Bates's boy toy. I love that. I think it's brilliant. And just just the fact I love I love this guy and the fact that he's playing it so straight. Mm-hmm. So straight. Um, except he's nah, no pun intended. Even when e- and even when Hank calls him out, he says that he's he was, slight indiscretion. He was giving a high checking out his higher balance or something. It was like this very awkward way of saying that he was just finding his inner self. And yes. he's just so calm. Who's that actor? about it. I do not remember his name. Is it? Is, it's not Ben. Sa- it's not Savage, right? I don't think so. He's been in so many other things. I've seen him in Law and Order SVU. I've seen him in Castle. Like I feel like I've seen him in everything. And he's yeah. just very good at that straight faced. He reminds lines. me of uh, of of um, in Austin Powers the uh, the third one. You know the guy with the mole. Yeah. You know where like. But what? Yeah. Anyway, he's kind of got a little Mr. Bean in him too. It's it's awesome. It's I really weird. like his. 
I like that they brought him back. It's a good character, and I, I think obviously he'll be around until uh, Hank finishes his rehab. Yeah. Well, so Hank hasn't given up. Faith made him stay. Faith made him stay by using Becca. Yeah, but whatever gets him through rehab. Yeah, she made him stay by using Becca, which was brilliant on her because she clearly wants him here. She wants to explore where they're going to go to see if he's an extraordinary man. Um, She knew that there was a vulnerability in Becca, so she used it to her advantage. And I think I don't know that she necessarily was doing it because she thought that it would help him, but she just didn't want to do it alone. That's true. I think I think to a degree it's actually hurting Hank because obviously Hank was frightened after for lack of a better term he got raped. Yeah. Um much. and to a to a more noble extent, you know, he sees Becca in this world and and you know, dad, you should trust my judgment and then the guy comes out like, you know, uh, 85% of first timers end up back in rehab and I do coke and uh, you know, I like to have sex and she like She didn't even know his name. Yeah, and and so the fact, you know, to a degree he wants to save Becca. Because Becca's becoming him. First yeah. Becca dated someone who was a mirror image of Hank at a younger age and now she's kind of becoming him where she wants to be a writer and she's it's like when you have a parent that's that messed up you either become exactly like them or polar opposite and she's becoming exactly like him she's having sex with random men she's dropping out of school she wants to write about life and love and sex living is highly overrated best line of the night Wrote it down too. Best line of the night. I mean, to to a certain extent, you know, um, to dissect it a little bit, I would 100% actually agree with that. You know, uh, especially now, everyone has their existential crisis only because, you know, as things become more easier, then we have more leisure time. And the more leisure time we have, the more inside your head you get. And you're like, oh, I'm missing out on this, right? You have Twitter. You have all these social um, things. And uh, hopefully you just listen to podcasts all day long from After Buzz TV. That's how you can fill your free time. But <laughs> no, the, po- the point being that you have all these different things and you see photos of your friends on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. And you're like, this is all everything that I'm missing. I have to be out there rather mm-hmm. than like think, you know what? What I've got going on, you know, just do. Mm-hmm. Just be in the moment of doing rather than like, oh, the grass is greener. And I, I feel um, – feel free to cut me off anytime, but I do have a rant. Um, <laughs> I'm listening to your rant before I cut you off because I have a comment. All right. Don't no, you be- because there's the Americanized notion of like, uh, you know, uh, freedom is choice, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we've, we've got, come to a point where we have so much choice that we're not choosing anything. Right. Because we don't know how to decide, right? And, and, and it is a fact, right? In, in terms of restaurants, um, you know, when you look at a menu and you have too many options, it's statistically proven that you don't know what to decide. But if they give you, let's say, 10 items, you can decide upon actually easier. something, right? And to an extent, it might even be easier if you just have one item. You know, no, you know, sometimes no choice. But if you commit to that, even if it is no choice, you're actually more better off. Absolutely. And it's, it's, that's, but that's what I love about this whole moment is Hank has made all those choices and now is having to watch his daughter make those same choices where he's, he's going to be the one to have to say to her, don't make that choice. If you have this choice or this choice, don't do it. And he's asking her not to live the way that she wants to, but because he knows how it's going to turn out and she doesn't. That's true, but is she, let me ask this: Is he true? Is she truly committed to becoming a writer? Because he never. Part, I think part of the problem was he was never really committed to being a writer either. I don't think writers so write. I think it just happened. I think yeah. it just happened for him, and he he was 
he wrote about what he knew and it was his life. And I think that listeners and readers enjoy that because they live vicariously through you or want to know what that's like because they don't have the guts to live it themselves, basically. Um, But I don't – right now I think she's committed to it. Do I think she'll continue to be committed to it? We may see her in rehab next season. That's true. And, uh, you know, I've always believed that Hank is, you know, pretty much like Charles Bukowski – and there's a thing, there's a quote, you know, uh, that Bukowski said, hey, you know, when I write, I'm the king. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Hank got into writing because he he wasn't the king of his life. And through his writing, for better or worse, all the experiences were funneled through him and he could be the best that he could be. And no he could control what. it when he wrote it. Yes. He can't control the life. That's right. And, you know, to a certain extent, after Karen left, he controlled the woman he slept with, mm-hmm. for better or worse. And so he gained that control that his characters had. And now he doesn't write anymore because he doesn't feel that need, that artistic urge. No. And especially with the end of last season and uh, her killing herself, that he's never had, and I said this last week, he's never had accountability until now. Karen's mm-hmm. always been there for him. And he's never had actual real accountability. And I think that's going to really kind of screw him up especially in writing. Speaking of which, very good point that you brought up because I was almost going to forget that. Um, the fact that uh, Faith, also, they have that connection of a dead person. Yes. You know, that they're responsible for. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes me nervous about their relationship. Oh, it'll be completely toxic. It'll be completely toxic. The, just listening to her say that she, first of all, he had a credit to rehab <laughs> only in Hollywood. I bet you Lohan has one, but he had a credit to rehab and said that she could use it at any chance that she needed to. And she felt like using the credit because it was the best way to mourn him. And all by that, she just wants to get high. Such a creepy statement. Like I'm going to mourn him in rehab because he's no longer alive, even though he was married and I was sleeping with him. But they're, they are. They're going to definitely connect because they do have that in common now. So that will be their um, their start of their tumultuous tragedy. That's so tragic. Mm-hmm. But uh, it'll be really fun to watch. Well, speaking of that, do we want to get into predictions and predict all that will be fun to watch? I will because we have no news and gossip this week. There's not a lot of Californication doesn't really do a lot of news and gossip. No, not at all. I feel like they just they just go on, they do a good show, they write good scripts, and, you know, fans enjoy it, but, then, you know. And the main actors, they're really not working on anything else. This is the main things that they're doing. They're really not going. I mean, Maggie's the only one who really has done and gone and done other things, so yeah. we'll see. I did. I will. I do have to tell you because I am a huge fan of the show, and I'm in Venice often, and it's often shot in Venice. Um, and today, I had to walk into the coffee shop that Becca works in because I just had to see it in real life, and it was pretty exciting. Very cool. So, with that, let's get into predictions. All right. And now your AfterBuzz TV predictions. All right. I predict that there will be more of the Old Testament missing while they smoke pot in rehab. They got to start going on the New Testament because they're going to be running out of the Old Testament soon. <laughs> Fantastic Bible rolling papers. Who would have thought? I feel like you should, if I may be um, blasphemous, you should go with the New Testament only because the Old Testament's that God is much more wrathful. Well, she said she was old school. Yeah, but God is so much more wrathful. Whereas the New Testament, God would be like, all right. Did you learn your lesson? I predict that Faith is going to try to get Hank to to the fine Jesus moment. Interesting. Through sex. Well, we understand next week there is a funeral. (laughs) Yes. 
Artie Lang! Artie Lang is the next week's episode. I'm excited. Choking. Yes. um, That's going to be fun. Artie Lang is a comedic genius. Mm -hmm. Um, The funeral is going to be ridiculous. I mean, is is Hank giving CPR to the dead guy? He's trying to steal his necklace. Is that why? I'm assuming because Faith wants it. Interesting. Yep. So now he's going to steal from a dead guy for some girl he's not even screwing yet. Well, she's a temptress, right? She takes her clothes off and mm-hmm. she's diving into the pool. At least that's what I may, that's what I want to tease. happen. Tease. She's a tease. Oh, I said I All right, speaking of that, let me let me tell you what the tease was cuz I know you guys were waiting for it. Um Afterbuzz TV. If you go to afterbuzztv.com, I know you guys have always wanted your Afterbuzz mugs. Hold up your mug proudly, Chrisley. <gasps> go to the center camera it. or maybe this camera. Um, well, not only do we have AfterBuzz mugs, we have coasters, we got uh, bottles, water bottles. The water tastes better out of my AfterBuzz TV mug. That's right. Um, we have shirts, we have hoodies, we have um, onesies for babies. We are working on dog apparel. We don't <gasps> have that yet. Woohoo! Hopefully we're working on that. Um... We have iPad sleeves, laptop sleeves, anything you want, but go to AfterBuzzTV.com. You'll see a banner. Click through that banner and shop away. Are the onesies for babies or adults? Babies. <sighs> Maybe if you if you can get it large enough. I mean, because I have a onesie and I love it, so I think that I need an AfterBuzzTV onesie. And I think our viewers, I think that our viewers, when they buy this stuff, should tweet us pictures with it so that we can share with everyone how cute they look in their new AfterBuzz apparel. That's right. Uh, Martin, Martin, you there? Yeah. Are you working on the underwear? Yeah, I'm working on uh, thongs, boxers, and boy shorts. You need boy shorts with AfterBuzz TV right across the butt. Yeah, see, when we were talking about it, that was Chris Lee's idea. It was. Total great advertising. We need, we need, we need a subscribe here thing on the ass or over the something. Like, you know, like, you know how it always has juicy on the butt? Yeah, so we need it would be some- after buzz. No, but we need something that, like, buzz. like subscribe here or. Oh, or- like something kind of raunchy? Yeah. Buzz you later. Buzz you later. <laughs> buzz you later, said Brissa. I mean, it would be perfect for Californication because we do know that our uh, if it's cast on- likes to have their vibrators in their pockets. So. That's right. Uh, this is the- and the- Snuggies, too, Phil. Remember, we're going to work on Snuggies. We're going to work on Snuggies. If this is a guy's thing, I would put, I buzz a lot, like, I fart a lot. <laughs> anyway um, Wow We've gotten completely Atticus Fetch will be back Yeah and naked Very naked On Karen's first day That's because he doesn't have Afterbuzz thong He needs an Afterbuzz shirt We should send him some boxers or something um, So yeah I think uh, I mean there's never really too much to predict with this show It's no. just gonna be good That's that's all I know You can't predict Hank Moody you Perfection can. You can't um, anyway, until next week, we love talking with you guys, as they say offline, even though it's really off online. Where can they talk with you, Chris Lee Kennedy? They, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Chris Lee. There you go. And you can follow us here at AfterBuzz TV. Um, and catch Chris Lee tomorrow night on The Bachelor. Woohoo! I know there's a huge crossover between the two. Huge. So, wouldn't want you guys to miss out on that. <laughs> but she, hey, she did do Sons of Anarchy. That's probably more up your guys' alley. Yeah. And, um, you know, she'll, she, what other shows do you do? Am I missing it? Rizzolian Isles. Rizzolian Isles seems like it could be up your alley. I'm a broad spectrum kind of girl. All right. 
So, all those shows, listen to her. Uh, I do Revenge and Shameless. Yes. Another Showtime show, Shameless. Um, so, until next week, we thank you. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.